morning. We are so glad that you could worship with us here at Lake Point Church in Shelby Township, Michigan. I'm Pastor Scott, and uh, we welcome you from all over. People watching from England, I see you on there, and uh, people that watching from the other side of our country, all the way down to the South Florida, and many that's locally here at Lake Point Church, you're part of our Lake Point family. And uh, we're so thankful that you could worship with us and celebrate with us here. And um, if you haven't had a chance, uh, make sure you download the handout notes. And uh, you can just text the word handout to 586-800-0432. And we're kicking off a brand new series today called Contagious Joy. Contagious Joy. We're going to talk about testing positive for joy in our lives. Joy in our life. And uh, today, the message is entitled, The Pursuit of Happiness. The Pursuit of Happiness. I believe that everyone would rather be happy than miserable. If given a choice, we would choose gladness over sadness, a win over a loss, sun over a rain, a wedding over a funeral, if given an option, we would rather sing, dance, and shout than to moan, weep, and pout. We have this happiness-seeking, this happiness-hunting nature in every one of us here. We choose our friends, our spouses. We choose our careers, even churches, based on the happiness factor. But there's a problem here, and there's a tension with happiness. And here's the tension. You ready? God, he doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't. And we're going to kind of talk about that for a few times today, because I want to offer something better. I believe that happiness misrepresents what God intended for our lives, that happiness it's a myth. The happiness, it's a cheap imitation of what God really wants for your life and mine. Now, we got to talk about what happiness is. What does it mean? Where does it come from? And, and, and hopefully we can build this idea and understand what this means about happiness, that God doesn't want us to be happy. If you're looking, if you're taking notes on your handout, the word happiness, the root word hap, it comes from an old English word, hap. And the word hap means chance. It means happenstance, by chance. When things are good, when things are going well, I'm happy. Now, also, from a Latin term, we also see this word called fortuna. Fortuna, which means luck. Luck. And so those two ideas come together to form the word happiness. We're happy when things are going good. We're not so happy by chance when things aren't so good. You see, if things happen the way we want them to happen, then we're happy. If they don't happen the way we want them to happen, then we're not happy. And so many people in this life, in this world, they're on an endless pursuit for happiness. They're on a constant pursuit for happiness. And one of the wisest men in the Bible, King Solomon, King Solomon, in fact, I've been reading him lately in my devotion. And, and he's 
started so well doing the right thing. And then he started going down a spiral, a negative spiral, the wrong direction in his life. He started running away from God and his command. And, and, and he started pursuing after stuff that didn't matter. And at the end of his life, he's reflecting. He's looking back. And I believe that he had a moment in his life right before he died where he was just like, you know what, I messed up. And he looks back, and that's, a, that's what we see in the book of Ecclesiastes. I want you to see two verses here. Solomon, he said, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. We see this in chapter 2. He said, when I surveyed everything that my hand had done and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I mean, I love that phrase, chasing after the wind. I mean, you can't see the wind. And so many of us were chasing after something that we can't get our hands on. We can't get a grip on it. And that's what it is when it comes to our happiness, chasing after happiness. Yes, we have moments of happiness. But happiness doesn't give us anything that's lacking. doesn't give us anything that would keep on going. I want to talk about a couple of these ideas about the pursuit of happiness. You know, some of us, we pursue after this idea of more possession, that the more possession we have, you know, the happier I get, the more happier or the, the happier I, I become. When I make my first million, then I will be happy. Or maybe when I buy a home at the lake, then I will be happy. And so in a lot of people's lives, they, they go after stuff. They go after it. They accumulate things. But slowly, but, but surely, a stuff, that they can't stop the force of, of rot and rust and depreciation and the things that we don't care about and, and they break down. For example, you know, you buy a new car. I mean, man, we all love a new car. And we see that new car, we say, man, we love that new car smell. And it smells so great, it smells so clean. And we got that rush and say, man, I, I finally got my car, that rush of happiness, that rush of, man, I got something I haven't had before. And they drive around. And, and you know, that first few months, maybe that first year, you know, you're taking care of that car. You're keeping it clean. You know, you're keeping it uh, you keep it waxed on the outside, keeping it clean on the inside. If somebody touches it, you know, you wipe it down, wipe off the smudges. But you know me that many times that over time, we start to neglect the car. And, and, and the dirt starts to pile up and the smudges stays on and, and, and the dust begins to build up. And, and we get to a place where we just don't care as much. And in fact, we've got our eyes on our next car. You know, the car that brought us happiness at one point, we don't care about it no more. It's just, and so we're looking for a new rush, a new rush, a true possession. It, it, it's important, right? We've got to have it. Necessary to possess possessions. But when you start allowing your possessions to possess you, it will leave you empty every time, every time. 
And so we, we're looking for happiness, and some of us are looking for happiness in possessions, but some of us, we might be pursuing for happiness in the health bandwagon. We're looking for health, you know, we're looking on that road. And we say, man, if I can get more healthy, if I can start eating properly and look good, then that would do it. And we think, man, our happiness is based on our health. And so we tan, we train, we, we lift, <laughs> we laser, we liposuction our bodies, and all the while we're thinking that health and happiness, they go hand in hand together. But there's several problems here. There's several forces going on in our lives, natural laws that we can't stop. In fact, one of them is the word gravity. <laughs> we can't stop gravity. It, it's going to take a toll on our body. And at the end of the day, you know, our health and our happiness, it's not going to come together like we hoped that it would, for, for sure. I'm not saying we don't live healthy lives. Good. It's the right thing to live a healthy lifestyle. We just need to know that the health kick, it doesn't bring the happiness that you seek. It's just another formula for frustration. So health, we're on the pursuit of happiness in our health. Another area, it's the area of accomplishments. Accomplishments. You know, this idea that if I can climb my way to the top, to the, to the corner office. You know, if I could be the, the captain or the quarterback, or if I can be the CEO or the president, the manager, then if I can get there, then that would do it. That would do it. And so we work long and hard in pursuit of those goals. We work ourselves to exhaustion, sometimes at the cost of our physical health, at the cost of our mental well-being, at the cost of relationships. And once we get to the top of that ladder of achievement, we look around and we wonder if it was worth it. We think it would bring happiness. And it might bring happiness for a short time, but it fades away. It's like chasing after the wind. It's like chasing after infinity. We never really arrive. Happiness. In fact, some of us, some of us, we'll even play the God card when it comes to our happiness. The God card. A person told me one time, he says, God, I want to tell you something before the word gets out. I'm going to leave my wife, I'll leave my kids, you know, I'm falling in love with another woman. Uh, you know, everything else is going great. But, you know, I just believe I'm doing all this because God just wants me to be happy. They just want me to be happy. And again, I've said it before already. God, he doesn't want you to be happy. We, we can't find that in the scripture. God wants you to be committed. God wants you to be uh, uh, faithful to him. He wants you to pursue after him. Uh, God doesn't want you to be miserable. I promise you that. But God, God wants you to have all these things so that you can find so much, something so much deeper and your happiness. Well, you know, I'm just going to leave my wife. I'm just going to leave my husband. I'm going to live this lifestyle because God, you know, he just wants me to be happy. And my friend, he bought the lie. He bought the, 
God wants me to be happy life, and, and, and we hear this all the time, all the time. We play the God card. But God wants something so much more than that. He wants something so much more. There's so many people in, in this life, they're, they're, they're living their life in the shallow end of the pool. So many of us, that's what we're living with the floaties on we're, we're, we're pursuing after happiness, and we're living life in the shallows. And every now and then, you look over on the deep end of the pool, and there's only a few people on the deep end. Only very few people, but they're, they're living a total different life on the other side of the pool. They don't have their floaties on. In fact, you see their toe curl over the diving board as they look into the deep, as they look and jump deep. And, and, and we're over here, so many people on the shallow end with their floaties on, splashing water. It's like, man, I want that. I'm tired of living in the shallow. I'm tired of pursuing after accomplishment and health and possession and just playing the God card to justify my sins. I want to get deep. I want to get real. That's what I want. You, you might be saying, Scott, what, what can I do to get there? And I'm, I'm a friend. I'm here to say this, that the deep end, and this is what God has for you, is that he wants you to live the life of joy. The joy is much deeper, much, much deeper than happiness. And you might say, well, Scott, what's the difference? What's the difference between happiness and, 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 and joy, the shallow and the deep? Well, happiness is eternal, whereas joy is internal. Happiness, it depends on outward circumstances. Joy depends on inward character. Happiness depends upon what happened to you. Joy depends upon who lives within you. Happiness is based on chance. Joy is based on choice. Now, C.S. Lewis, he said this. He said that joy is the serious business of heaven. In fact, the word joy and joyful in the Bible is mentioned 250. 50 times. And the word rejoice, it mentioned 200 times in the Bible. Together, all together, we see the idea of joy and joyfulness and rejoice over 450 times in God's word. And God wants us to live this life of joy. How do we go from the shallow end? of happiness to the deep end where we can experience joy. Let's, let's talk about joy for a minute. What is joy? Joy, if you look at, if you're taking notes, joy is the positive confidence. I feel from knowing and trusting God regardless of the circumstances. And let me say this. You know, I can have joy and be happy at the same time. I can also have joy and have moments where I'm not so happy. I may be at a funeral home, 
I can have joy in my life. May not be happy. In fact, I'd be crying, I'd be sad. But joy is much deeper. It's the positive confidence that I feel from inside, from knowing and trusting God, regardless. If, if it's a good circumstance, regardless if it's a bad circumstance, no matter what life brings my way, I find joy because of my relationship with Christ. It's the peace that surpasses all understanding. Joy, it's, it, it's woven into the very fabric and framework of who God is, and he wants to produce joy in your life. He wants you to go deep. He wants you to take your floaties off. And go deep. Go deep. How do we pursue joy? Four truths about going deep with joy that I believe is contagious. Contagious. Again, my desire for you in this series, my desire is for you to be tested positive for true, contagious joy. If you're taking note, number one, we need to understand that joy is a process. Joy is a process. There's, there's no such thing as a microwave joy. It, it's a quality that builds in your life over time and time again as you submit your life to Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus will give you lasting joy if you are faithful to him. The Apostle Paul, he said this in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. He said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The go back here to the word began. The word began has its idea of a process, that a process is being started. We don't just get to know Jesus and, and boom, I've got joy. My joy is complete. It, it doesn't happen that way. It, it, it grows and it matures over time. That's why joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Look here in the fruits of the Spirit here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, and here's our word, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. Go back to the first part, verse number 22, Tom. It says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Let me, let me just say this. This is not a, a menu for a Christian to get to pick and choose what they want. This is not something, you know, Scott, I kind of like, like love. That, that, I want that to be my fruit. You know, and, and maybe faithfulness. I take faithfulness. I'm not so interested in forbearance. I mean, what's forbearance? I don't know what that is. You know, kindness? Uh, maybe a little bit, a little kindness. You know, uh, peace? Uh, maybe. You know, I kind of like, I kind of like to get angry and, and rush out of traffic. So I'm not sure that peace is kind of my thing. And uh, but this is not a menu. This is not a hey, you know, a pick and choose option. When you become a follower of Christ, when you give your life to Jesus. He, he, he put the Holy Spirit into your life. And the Holy Spirit begins a covert operation where he starts to work into your heart and you plant the seed of every 
one of these fruits, then he puts it into your life. He puts it into my life. And, 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 and God's priority is to produce all of these fruits into your life. And he is molding us and making us and working us out. He, he wants to work out what he's working all of these fruits, including joy. When you plant a fruit tree, you know that a fruit, in the early days, you don't see a fruit. You know, you put the seed in and, and nothing happens for a while. And then you start to see a little, uh, you know, a little tree start coming out. And still there's no fruit. But it takes time. It's a process. You've got to prune it. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to take care of it. And over time, that tree will, will grow. And one of those years, the fruits happen. The fruits happen. You see, the Holy Spirit of God, when he's in your life and mine, he is, he is, he is taking the time to fertilize, he is pruning, he's tearing our hearts so that we can produce the fruit of joy. Now, being a pastor is one of the most serious profession in the world because we're dealing with eternal ramifications. Now, life in the raw, every week, every week I, I listen to different set of problems. I listen to spiritual problems. I listen to marital problems, addiction problems. I, I, hear, I hear problems of health. I, I even hear problems of death. And, and, and if I'm not careful, and, and, and it's happened many times, where I might be feeling a little low in my life, a little low. And I have to remind myself that joy is a process. You know, it doesn't come and go with the winds of change in my life. It is constantly, it's a constantly growing and developing characteristic that God, he wants to produce in your life. Jesus said in John 15, verse number 11, he said to the disciples, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I mean, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that he wants the joy to snap the head of a joyless society. And, he, and people ought to be able to come up to you and say, man, there's something different about you. There's something that deeper. I want what you've got. My friend, that's why we call this contagious joy, because when you're living in the deep end, people are going to crave for what you have. They want that. They want a joy that's unspeakable and a, and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, people all around us should see that people should see Jesus in everything that you do because of your love that you have. He said, my love for others, love as you love others, my love will come through you. Joy. Your joy will be complete. You can't produce the fruit unless Jesus is in your life. You can't produce the fruit unless the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Here's the second truth. Joy, it's a choice. 
it's a choice. Every day we, we have to make a choice here. You can either choose joy or you can choose misery. That's a choice. Joy leads to eternal rewards. Misery just leads to more misery. <laughs> Again, the Holy Spirit, he wants to grow this fruit of joy in your life. But you have to defer to him. You have to listen to him. How many of us have seen on the cartoons? I'm sure we've seen it many times with a cartoon character. And we might even see it in a movie. I know there's a couple of movies out there that might do this. Where you have a little angel sitting on your shoulder. And, and he's telling you to do the right thing. And about the same time that the angel shows up on your shoulder, there's this uh, little devil with a pitchfork on the other shoulder. And he's trying to tell you to do something else. He said, man, you need to get revenge. You need to be angry. You need to blow up. And you have these voices. And the Holy Spirit of God, and my friend, this is, this is what we see. Just before the Galatians, fruit of the Spirit, just a few verses before that, God said that there is a war between the spiritual and the flesh, that they're constantly at battle. And so you're going to have these moments where you're going to have to listen and you're going to have to make a choice to choose joy over negativity, to choose joy over revenge, to choose joy, to choose joy every time. You have to make that choice. Here's what God does. You know what God does to produce joy in your life? I find it crazy, but he does it all the time. To produce joy in your life, God puts you in unjoyful situations. He puts you in those unjoyful situations so that you can exercise and make the choice of joy in your life. You know, you have an you know, he put you in a, a, in a, in a rush hour traffic. And, and you have a choice to be miserable, to be mad at the other drivers, or you have a choice to be, you know what, I'm going to find joy in this. You know, sure, I don't, I don't like it, but I'm going to find joy. I'm going to find an opportunity here. I'm going to make this an opportunity for something, to grow me in something. You know, you might be in a, in a, in a difficult situation at home. And, and, and I'm not saying it's a happy moment, but you have a choice. You know, this is an opportunity in this difficult situation at home to live out joy, to live out joy instead of, being angry and, and, and having more arguments and, and slamming the doors. You find joy. It's deeper than happiness. It's deeper when we find joy. I know many people, and I've seen this so many times in my life, faithful Christians who love Jesus, who've lost a spouse. And I go to the funeral homes, and I'm heartbroken for the widow, for the widower. And many times, the widow or the widower at the casket, they're sad. But you can sense joy in their lives. And as I approach them, they're like, Pastor Scott, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I can't explain this. It's not something that I can explain. But I know that God, he's in control. He's in control, and because I know that, I've got this deep joy in my life. I'm sad, 
about that joy. That's why James talks about this in James chapter 1. Notice this. He said, consider it pure joy. You get a choice. Consider it pure joy, a joy to choose from. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. He said, man, have joy because you know it's an opportunity in that unjoyful situation to grow your faith, to grow your walk, to grow your character. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Verse number four, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When I choose joy as I encounter various problems, it brings perspective to my problem. It reminds me that there is a purpose to everything that happens, and that even in the worst times, that God can produce something good. It's our choice to find joy. Here's the third truth, the third lesson. That joy is a confidence. Joy is a confidence. The more you jump in the deep end, the more confident you are. You know, I remember going, you know, jumping into the deep end. You know, I remember seeing my kids jumping in the deep end. They're like, Daddy, is it safe for me to jump in the deep end? I said, yes, it's safe. It's safe, come. And, and, and they're scared, and they, and they, they want to do it, and, and they back off, and, and it goes down for several minutes, right? And, and finally they do it. And then once they've done it, they, they get more confidence to do it again and again and again. I know that, I know the Apostle Paul, he said this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'll go back to the verse again. And it's a being confident, that's the word. Joy to confidence. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he will carry on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is an interesting verse here. We, we can be confident. We can be confident because God, who began a good work in you, he will carry it to completion. The word completion here, it, it's the same word that found when Jesus was on the cross, when he said the word tetelestai. Tetelestai. It means to complete. It means to complete the same word that Jesus used for Tetelestai when he cried out, it is finished. On that cross, when Jesus paid the price and the work was complete, that's the same word found in Philippians 1.6. You see, you may know someone, a daughter, a son, a co-worker, a friend. You, know, you may know someone who was at one time, they were close to God, they were following the Lord, producing true fruits. But now the person in your life is strayed away from God. They've drifted off course. Now some people, they'll, say, they'll falsely believe, they'll falsely say, you know, that person's long gone, that God don't care about them, that God has cut them loose, God has forgotten about them. But it's not true. When God begins to work, according to Philippians 1, 6, he will totalize it. He will complete it. He will finish it. He will use anything and everything at his disposal to complete the good work in you and the good work in me. See, God is not a quitter. 
He doesn't quit on you. You might have quit on yourself, but God, he's not done with you. And, and, and that brings me great joy, knowing that God has my back. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. God has my back, and that gives me confidence. That gives me joy, because I know I'm going to blow it. And I have. I've blown it over and over and over again every time I know that God doesn't throw in the towels and say, I'm done with you. I know that God is still working in my life. He's still working in your life. When you blow it with your spouse, when you blow it with your kids or your friends, God's still there. No, when you say, when you say hurtful things out of anger, God, he's not giving up on you. When you're back to that destructive habit, God is still working in your life. We can have confidence in God. He will not abandon you. Joy, joy is a confidence that God will see it through and through. If he began to work, he will telestide the work. He will complete it. And here's the fourth lesson. Joy is not a feeling. It's a person. It's a person. And a person of Jesus Christ. He's central to a life of joy. And, and without Jesus, without Jesus, then this last 30 minute message that I've been talking about, it's not really a sermon, it's just a motivational speech. Without Jesus, you can't have true joy. Jesus offers something much deeper, much richer to you and to me. He offers an eternal transformation of the heart that provides real peace and contentment beyond our human understanding. You want to live life in the deep end where you can take the floaties off. If you really want to find the ultimate life, a life that is full and rich and meaningful, then you must embrace the fundamental truth that joy is a person. Now, 2,000 years ago, God moved through time and space and stepped down from heaven and became a man named Jesus. And for the last three years of Jesus' life, he confronted us and loved and showed us the hope that we have through him, the hope of knowing and, and reaching to God, reaching God. And there's a road that leads to God. The blueprint for God's road is drawn out for us in a single verse in Scripture, John chapter 14, verse 6. I, some, some have called it the Highway 146 verse, the Highway 146 verse. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through him. Highway 146, it should look very, very appealing to all of us. But so many people have white-knuckled the steering wheel of their lives, and they're going the wrong direction in pursuit of the wrong things. They're going from destination to destination to destination in a pursuit of happiness that they can't find. 
God wants you to make a U-turn. And he wants you to get on the road. He wants to get you on the freeway. That's right, a freeway because the path to Jesus is free. He paid it all on the cross so that you can go to him freely. Your salvation in Jesus is free to you and to me. And when you give your life to Jesus, you begin to see every area of your life from a new perspective. You will begin to finally see that joy is not a feeling. That joy is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Joy is a process. It's a choice, a confidence, and a person. You know, that old friend that left his family because God wants him to be happy. And the results, years later, Kids are messed up. The woman he hooked up with and committed adultery with has left him for another man. His life is a tragedy of what might have happened. Oh yeah, God wants me to be happy. No. No, he doesn't. God, God wants us to go deeper. He wants us to take the floaties off in the shallow of happiness and go deep with him. He wants you to have a contagious joy in your career, in your family, in your friendship, in your recreational pursuits. God wants us to live life, contagious lives of joy. He wants to live life to the excess. He wants our lives living overflowing with joy. And we find that in a man named Jesus. And when we give our life to him, he begins to work it all out. He works out what he works in. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for the powerful word of how we can experience true joy. And so many of us, we're living life in the shallow end with, the, with our floaties on. We're splashing in knee-deep water. But at the end of the day, we're not experiencing joy. I may be talking to someone right now. They're not experiencing joy. But God, I pray that today that we would begin to look at the deep end and move to the deep ends and, and to trust our lives into you and to commit our life to you and take the floaties off and trust you in a pursuit of joy and to go deep but real contagious joy in our lives. Perhaps, God, there may be someone that's watching that doesn't have a relationship with you. And if that's you and I'm talking to you and you say, man, Scott, I don't have Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to look up for just a minute. Look at me. I want to talk to you for just a minute. You see, John 14, 6, Highway 146, it's true in your life. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the life that you've been looking for. And today, you can make a choice. You can make a decision to let go of the wheels and to turn around and get on God's road. Get on Highway 146 and start pursuing after Him. And He's waiting for you. 
He wants you in his life. He wants you to He wants you to be in your life. The Bible says that all we have to do is pray to Jesus and ask him to come to our life. And you can do that wherever you're at, as you're watching this morning. You can pray a prayer. The Bible says we can just simply ask. And, you, and, and our Heavenly Father, he's listening to you. He can hear you right where you're at. And today, today, you can start a journey to a life of true joy, a life that's contagious, a true joy for him. And here's the prayer. Say, Dear God, I'm a sinner, and I've been going down the wrong way. I've been pursuing after this and after that. I've been looking for things to fill my life and nothing seems to fill it. All my possessions, my good health, and all my accomplishments, it just doesn't measure up. At the end of the day, I'm still hungry, I'm still thirsty. But today, I, I give up and I want to pursue you and you alone. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. God, I want to start living a life, not a life of happiness. I want to live a life of true, contagious joy. In your name I pray. And if that's you, we want to celebrate with you as you take that step, as you make that U-turn and get on the right road Follow after Jesus. Our Father, we love you and thank you. Bless all of us this week as we live a life of contagious joy. Help us to test positive for the joy that you want us to have. And you're in my prayer. Amen.